Welcome to Family Life Today, brought to you with the compliments of this station and power to change. We're always encouraged to receive your feedback and comments on the program, but I'll tell you how you can do that at the conclusion. But now, here are your Family Life Today presenters, Dave and Ann Wilson. Okay, driving over here thinking about this interview, I thought, you know, there's two things that I am comfortable talking about in a sermon, like as a pastor on stage or on radio or on a podcast. Okay. But I'm not comfortable talking about them in our home. Two topics. You know what one of them is because we're going to talk about it today. Money and sex. How'd you know? (laughs) Well, I didn't know about money because that's the one I avoid. I feel like you always want to talk about money and how I'm spending too much. (laughs) I do want to talk about it, (laughs) but I sort of don't want to talk about it. It's... It's sort of a scary topic. Do you think that's true for a lot of couples? I don't know. That's what we're going to find out today. Because I think, like, I can walk on a stage and talk about sex, you know, God's perspective on sex. But then when we're in the kitchen and we want to talk about it, it's like, okay, that's scarier to me. (laughs) And I think money's the same. I've done many sermons on money. Give your money (laughs) to the church. But, you know, when you sit in and say, let's figure out a budget and let's be careful and let's have a plan, it's like, uh, I just get... I didn't even know this about you. Well, here we are. You know, I tell you things in front of the world instead of, (laughs) you know. But here's what we're talking about today. We got Bob and Linda. Bob and Linda Loddick, and uh, you guys probably talk about money all the time. You've written a book called Simple Money, Rich Life. Achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact. And we read it. And, I mean, it started a conversation just even yesterday about money. But welcome to Family Life Today. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I mean, you guys never been here, right? No. No, It's amazing. And you have three kids that are how old? Three, five, and eight. So this is a good little adventure for you. And you're is. out of the house. I know, kidless. Oh, no. It's amazing. No, watch just, him. Somebody taking care of him? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have some friends. We have a friend watching him. Yeah. We just posted on stories walking to the airport without kids yesterday. It's like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so much different going uh, on a flight without kids. Yeah. So you were sharing something with us off air about money. I thought it was good what you shared. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just telling you guys that so many people come into money with all kinds of guilt and shame. And like we're we're really trying to be the opposite. Like we're trying to be people who can yeah. cheerlead alongside you and help you on your financial journey, uh, and who aren't going to be you know dousing you with guilt and shame and making you feel bad for buying that Starbucks or whatever the thing might be. I have a Starbucks right now, so <laughs> there you go. That's That's right. Right. Look at you, <laughs> and it's okay, and we're, you're not being shamed. Yeah. I used to be, I actually used to feel really shameful about buying Starbucks because I had a little bit of an addiction. And I think it was the addiction I felt shameful about. But I used to like hide them and think if Bob doesn't see it, then we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> oh, are we going to get into hiding things oh, in our marriages? Well, we need to talk about money, obviously. You yeah. know, I like when you guys think about money, do you guys approach it differently? Are you completely the same or different? Oh, no. Oh, no, we're, we're very nine different. day different. Nine yeah. day. Do you but, think that's I mean, typical? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah, do? Yeah. No, I mean, we, we've talked to so many different couples about money. And because we all have different upbringings, and even if you're from exactly the same socioeconomic class, the same neighborhood, how your parents teach about money or what they don't teach about money and what you inherently pick up, like, it's just so different. So it's inevitable that almost all of us, when we get married, that we have differing views on it. And, you know, we can take this wherever you want. But I think one of the most important things is to try to fight for unity in this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know how important unity is, but mm-hmm. I think especially in terms of finances, it's it's just so crucial because 
it's just a game changer when you guys are on the same page pushing together, mm-hmm. you know, towards whatever God has for you to do. That is, you guys have to fight for unity? We did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did that, that look like? So I'm a little bit more like you where I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. When I Before I got married, I prayed that I would marry someone who was good at math because I am the type of person who will get numbers, add them up on a calculator three different times and get three different <laughs> numbers. So you can imagine my financial situation just based on that. So I was like, if I can just get someone who can figure that out, right? See, I'm not good at math either. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just it's just not I my strong suit. I try. I just it's just not there. So, so is that what got so Bob? You were so attracted Bob to Bob alone. because he, he could do math. math, which is true. Like it, it's just funny. Like she just quizzed me with a math problem yesterday <laughs> in front of our eight year old. It's fun for me because I'm like I can't do this mental math, but he's like your first day you didn't ask him a math question, <laughs> no. did you? Can you give me the square root of? <laughs> no, but when we met, he was like, "I'm going to get my finances in order," and I was like, "Oh, that's attractive, right?" Oh, so he wasn't. It, Wait, he didn't is have this it in after order his yet. car broke down on the highway and he had seven dollars yeah. in his account? This was just after that, like maybe a few months. Yeah, pretty yeah. fresh. So he was like, "I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to figure out my finances and get things in order," and. That was like, oh, that's nice, because almost everybody else our age that we were hanging out with was kind of like, we're just figuring out life. <laughs> like, you know, they just didn't really care much. And I knew that marrying someone who had some ambition was really important to me. <laughs> that's a good thing. <laughs> well, Bob, you share the story at the beginning of your book and the yeah. introduction. So I was down in Sarasota, basically on a seven-month sabbatical that God had kind of called me to. Didn't know anybody down there. You know, and I'm living like the Instagrammer's dream before Instagram, you know, because it's like I'm in a beach town. I have a convertible. It's payday. I just got paid. It's a day before my 21st birthday. My friends are flying down the next day, like sunny 75. You're living the life. Everything's going great. And and the truth is I've been hiding my financial mess and just kind of like pushing it back, pretending like it wasn't there. And then that day it's like, dun, dun, dun. It all came to a head. (laughs) So as I'm driving down right in front of one of the minor league ballparks there, uh, like half an hour before a game. So there's all kinds of cars coming. I'm driving down that road. Car stops so quick, dies so quickly in the middle of the road. I can't even pull it over. And and I remember I'm like trying to start the car. Couldn't get it started. Everybody's driving by staring at me like gawking. You're and that guy. I'm yeah. that guy. I'm like, I don't know much about cars. I'm like, I don't know what to do. And so I ended up actually, there's an officer directing traffic into the ballpark. I'm like, hey, can you help me get my car over to the side of the road? He's like, nope, I'm directing traffic. <laughs> and so I, I grabbed the wheel, start doing the push the car thing while turning the wheel, which is harder than... Yeah, but look, it's good not thing really you had a convertible. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I end up like pushing over to the side of the road. And as I get in the car, I sit down and I realize, like, all right, we got a problem here because <laughs> my car is broken down, which is A, bad enough. But I realized I had just gotten paid. I was on my way to the bank. I needed to get that paycheck to the bank and cash it so that I could go pay my rent that was due in three hours. And as I'm like thinking through all this, I'm like, if I don't get that rent paid in three hours, she's going to tack on a $50 late fee. And my paycheck is so small, I don't have the extra $50. I got to pick up my friends from the airport in the morning. Like, I'm like, how am I going to get this car towed, repaired, do <laughs> that? I'm like, out. like <laughs> all this stuff. Linda, it's God's grace that you didn't meet him at this point. I know. Exactly. I know. So it was one of those moments where I remember sitting in the car and starting to have my freak out moment and just starting to realize that. 
you know, cause I'd worked at a bank and anybody would ask me, I would say, I'm good at money. Like I got this, you know, like I'm good at managing money. There's been surveys that have done that shown like 80 something percent of Americans say that they're good at managing money. Hmm. When it's like, if you look at the number of people that are paycheck to paycheck, <laughs> like it doesn't really add up. And so I was one of those people for sure. And, and I remember sitting there grabbing the steering wheel as I start like kind of realizing what's going on in my financial world's kind of crashing before me. And, Anyway, in that moment, like I have tears coming down my eyes. I'm like, God, I need help. Like my path, my plan has led me to this point. Mm. If you have a better plan, like I want to jump ship and go your direction now. And like, and it was just a turning point moment for me. Where it's it was like, like you hit your bottom, your changed. financial yes, bottom. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and so many of us need to go through that, unfortunately, to uh, for those of us with thick skulls, you know, like me. Um, and <laughs> well, so that was the you moment. went through it at 21. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I'm thankful for that. And that yeah. it's not like now or, you know, some people like never get to that point. And, it's and then you met struggle. Linda soon after that. And yeah. that was your answer. Yeah, I know. God says, here's Linda. She's going to get you good. I know. Like that. I mean, that (laughs) moment changed my life, too, you know, because if that wouldn't have happened, I feel like it completely changed the trajectory of his life. Mm. Now, here we are talking about finances, which is just funny. I mean, what did happen? How did you get wisdom about this? Not that it wasn't Linda. I'm sure she was part of it. But. No, and I mean, and we'll no, get into more of that because, like, <laughs> no, <laughs> she actually added a. Well, this is a long side note. We'll come back to that. But the first thing for me was realizing that the Bible said something about money. It's like, whoa, you know, book thousands of years old has current wisdom for today, applicable stuff that we can take and apply to our lives today, and that was really crazy to me as a 20 year old, hmm. like just seeing that. So as I just, I started the thing of just reading Proverbs, you know, and the once a day, whatever, and just reading that month after month after month, just continuing to go through it, fill yourself because there's so much, you know, wisdom in there about money and finances. And so that was the first part. And then just like getting hungry for knowledge and started reading as many books as I could, you know, this is pre YouTube, but like <laughs> any kind of, I don't know, probably pre podcast too, but yeah, anything I get my hand on. So any, any videos, magazines, books about money, just admitting that I didn't know as much as I thought and then going from there. I bet that that's true for most of us, isn't it? Yeah. Especially as a 21-year-old. Yeah. We're just kind of carrying the habits that our parents were carrying and we're yep. doing what our parents did. But you even biblically didn't know that God had a plan. And you talk about that yeah. in your book. Yeah. No, I mean, I was a pretty new Christian at that point And I just didn't know that yeah. the Bible said something about money. It's pretty eye-opening. Hmm. Well, I mean, the truth is, and you know better than anybody, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds, 6-year-olds are in the same same place. Oh, yeah. It isn't just 20-year-olds. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and many times worse because it's been years of accumulating problems or hiding things in the back and room debt. or whatever. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so then when you guys get married, are you like starting out your marriage with a financial plan? Uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> I'm like, it's not quite the blind leading the blind. It's like I can see some shapes or something. You know, it's like I, I, I get a little bit one step ahead of her. That's basically where we're. But yeah. But yeah, but I decided, all right, we, we both brought a lot of credit card debt, you know, and car loans and me a student loan into the marriage. And so I, I realized we have all this money going towards our debts each month. Like the best thing for us to do to get ahead financially is to cut out as much of that to reduce our monthly expenditures. And so we decided, all right, we're going to start going after paying off our debt. <laughs> and and Linda was a trooper because... What'd that look like, Linda? Did you guys so, come up with the plan? Like, we're not spending here. Well, well, she didn't come up with any plan. I didn't come up with any plan. <laughs> I basically said, run it by me and tell me what's going on so that I can just be in on the loop. Because when we got married, I was like, I don't want to have to ever think about this again. 
that was my stance. So that's why I wanted to marry someone who was good at math. Yeah. In my head, I was like, I need someone to take over my money because I didn't, I didn't even know how to take a step forward. So, uh, we get married and I just basically said, here's the mess. Tell me what we were going to do. And which worked out well for a little while because I didn't have well, to think about it. I was excited to take control. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do. Like to him, it was okay that there was a mess as long as he could start seeing some progress. It's that control yeah. word that he just said. Yeah. Taking control. Taking okay. control. So then what right. And he wasn't being controlling. Yeah. If that makes sense. Get he was plan. just like, we're going to figure out how to fix it. Well, yeah. It's sometimes it's better with one chef in the kitchen instead of two. Right. And I thought, this is great. If there's no obstruction and she, you know, <laughs> I can set the budget however I want. So we cut back in every area. I mean, I went from spending about 150% of my paycheck back to about what? 3%? Like your monthly spending... Money, yes. It was such an insane reduction. It was I still don't know how you did it. I mean, I cried a lot, but I was so relieved. (laughs) (laughs) I was so relieved to not have to think about it anymore. I don't recommend the extreme. Listen, uh, it it really worked for us. I don't think that this will work for everybody. By yeah, it was, it was more extreme than it needed to be. It was like, what does that look like when you say? So, okay, so she spent a lot of money. You went out to eat all the time. I went out to eat all the, time, all the yeah. time. You bought clothes all the time. Yes, like, those was those three main things that and she had a small I had to paycheck. You know, but very entry level. I will tell you this. So I had previous to this point, I had gotten a flat tire in my car. This is what I learned at that point. When one tire goes flat, you at least have to replace two. <laughs> so that they're even. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I only have a problem with one. Why do I need to get two? <laughs> How so old annoyed. were you at this time? Oh, 20. Okay. I was so mad. And your parents weren't picking up any of your bills no. or anything. No. You're on your own. I'm on my own. I mean, they, they housed me and they paid for my toothpaste and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. So I replaced these tires and I, it just stressed me out so bad. Well, after we get married... Something like this happens. Something happens with one of the cars. The tire had a nail hole in it or whatever. And I remember that same feeling of being like, how are we going to pay for this? Like I felt like someone was sitting on my chest. Like I just didn't know what was going to happen because I knew how little money we already had, you know, because I was spending 3% of (laughs) of what I had previously been spending. And he said, whoa, well, the money's already there. It's already sitting there waiting for us to spend it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was, it was a great like moment. He was like your hero. He was my hero. Well, yeah, we have money set aside for car repairs. And it's like, I didn't want to spend it, but it's like it's <laughs> there. And she was freaking out. I was I'm like, like, hey, it's going to be okay. We, we you're like, you're the most attractive man <laughs> oh, totally. I've ever met in my life. I got life. so totally. much sexier in that moment. It was great. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a great moment because all of a sudden this thing that I had been panicking about was no longer a problem. Mm. And that sold me. I was like, okay, if I can't buy my Starbucks every day, that's fine. Like, this is so worth it to me to not have to be that stressed out. Mm. That feeling of the weight on your shoulders Mm -hmm. is real. Yeah. That money stress, whatever you want to call it. I felt it. I'm sure Mm -hmm. probably every person listening has felt it. I'm thinking our marriage is falling apart and Dave's sleeping fine and I'm (laughs) wide awake. But if the money situation is falling apart, you cannot sleep and I'm sleeping like a baby. Yeah. Because I, I know mean, that Dave will handle it. It can affect every <laughs> single part of your life. You can yeah. be yelling at your kids or your spouse, and it's really connected to... The fear of money. I'm yeah. in debt. 
we can't pay for the tires or right. make, pay the mortgage. It's a real thing, right? Well, and yeah. this is why it's so important. <laughs> like the trailer we did for our book, that was how I started it. Just talking about like, I've just learned this one thing and no one wants to talk about money, mm-hmm. but it's so important. It affects us in so many different ways and so many aspects of our life mm-hmm. that uh, I think especially as believers, when we understand that it's not just about us, we have the opportunity. Yes, let's take care of our families, but to like go beyond that mm-hmm. and to impact eternity by supporting different ministries like yours and you know, to be in that position, to be able to do that. That's just been such a drive of ours. When we realize what's at stake, it's like, it's really important. We need Mm -hmm. to be talking about it. We need to be learning about it, you know? Well, it's interesting that you, as we started talking about this, you immediately started talking about debt. Yeah. I mean, we don't need to start with debt, but it is a big part of the plan, right? Yeah. It's just like baggage slowing you from wherever you're trying to go, whatever your financial goals are, you know? Yeah. Whatever that looks like. And we read this book one time that, it was talking about if Jesus himself appeared in many of the churches, you know, in any of the churches and said, I want you to give your money to this. Mm. They would maybe not be able to say yes because, because they have a different master, which is the master card, mm-hmm. which I just thought was so interesting. When you have someone else expecting your money, it's hard to obey yeah. what God is asking you to do. Right. I was just going to say I had a, pastor friend who had someone who felt like they were called to come work on staff and went through the process and basically got to the point where it's like, all right, we're signing the papers, talk, have salary negotiations or whatever. And he realizes like, I can't, I can't accept the job. It's too much of a pay cut and I have too much debt. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have all this debt, I could take it. But, and so he ended up not taking the job. And it's like, how many of us are in that situation Mm. where God has something for us to do but because of that, like we're held back and it's like, I just don't want to be that. I don't want to be held up by it, you know? Mm-hmm. And we and we think the way to get out of debt is I need more money. I need yeah. a bigger yeah. salary. I need bonus, whatever. I need more money. Is that the answer? Yeah. So that's the interesting thing is that we all think money solves money problems, but mm-hmm. it actually in many cases doesn't. And it's like, and I know anybody listening is like, well, of course, but if I had more money, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing, but you and I both know you worked as an NFL chaplain for years. Like so many of these guys make huge salaries. Yeah. And, you know, like we were talking about beforehand, like over 50% of NFL and NBA players after they retire are broke. And so the answer isn't just having tons of money. You know, it's like you need to first learn how to manage, steward well what God has entrusted you with. And then as you do, then you can handle higher levels and you can use it with wisdom. You can use it to advance his kingdom and you can use it to take your family on a vacation without guilt, you know, or whatever that thing might be. But we have to start where we are, you know, and this is just the parable of the talents, like just managing what God has entrusted to us and to do that well. You know, and it's completely reasonable. It's like you would never hire someone, you know, to watch your cat and then them not take care of that and then say, okay, I'm not take care of my three kids. Mm. It's like, if you can't take care of my cat well, like, I'm not going to give you the things I really value. (laughs) Well, cats are hard to take care of. But the the truth is, when you think back on, you know, we just talked about, you know, cutting your, I'm spending 150% of my salary Mm -hmm. down to 5%. Yeah. You weren't making a lot of money. You weren't making more money. But as you look back now, are you glad you did it? Even though you said you were crying because it was hard to do. <laughs> You're crying. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm really grateful. And I mean, that was kind of what motivated us. So early in this process, what motivated me was the idea of things not always being this way. So if things were always going to be that way, it would have been a lot harder for me to stick with yeah, it. Yeah, we knew it was a temporary measure. 
Hmm. Right. Like of just paying off this debt. And that's the only reason it worked, if I'm being honest. Otherwise, I would have had a bad day and been like, yeah. forget this. Well, I'm going so to the mall. Many, you have an end goal. <laughs> you can see the, yes. the finish line. And I think this is what's so difficult is that so many people, when they start, whatever, making any sacrifice, you know, and we'll talk about finances here, in terms of paying off debt or whatever the thing might be, it's like we aren't thinking through the lens of this being a temporary measure. We're just mm-hmm. thinking, mm. I just have to give this up without, and we're not thinking about an end date. And when you put an end date on it, you say, all right, I'm going to do this for one year. Like it becomes so much more palatable, yeah. you know, because yeah. like, or all right, well, I can months. do that for a year or for three months yeah. or whatever. And whatever then decide I'll do it for three months. And then at that point, I'll decide if I'm going to continue. Mm. And just that. And then normally at that point, you'll have the momentum yeah. and you'll be like, okay, well, I can do this another three months. Mm-hmm. Where do we start? I mean, there's a married couple listening right now going, yeah. okay, our finances are in disarray. And we're not talking about it. Where do we start? Okay. I think the best thing, like we've been talking about this a good bit lately, is having a conversation about the conversation because there's so many of us in this cycle of our marriage where it's like we can't even talk to our spouses about money because yep, it just immediately we started the show yep. immediately yeah. turns into a fight you want to explain yeah that? so how can we have this conversation without one of us freaking out so whether that's well i have to go get six more jobs or that's it we're selling the house and the cars and you know downsizing to a tiny apartment usually i recommend ice cream is a great way to get <laughs> yeah, maybe eat them out of the house. So that you're, right, yeah. on a day, yeah. get the kids away from I like from how you. you said you're going to talk about money, so go spend some. I just like the ice cream No, but like if this isn't going to be an environment where you feel safe or where you feel like this isn't an awful chore, I'm out. So get some ice cream so you can sit down and this, you know, at least yeah. have something and, I like and let's have right, a conversation. And start off with, How can we talk about this without us freaking out? Because that's where we need to go with this. And I would add one more as we close. Like, start praying about this. Absolutely. If you can't pray it about it as a couple, start praying on your own. Like, Lord, Mm -hmm. I need wisdom. I need help. We need help. Mm -hmm. Guide us and show us. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America... The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you need some practical help in your relationship and aren't quite sure where to turn? We offer relationship checkups where you will meet with one of our trained relationship coaches who will help equip you with some new tools while you take a more holistic look at your relationship. For more information, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website, families.powertochange.org.au under the Need Help tab and get started today. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.